Oh, hello there, loyal listener. Tom Whitcomb here, host of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. Fun episode today. Oh, man, I get very wound up about a, a little bit of controversy I've been embroiled in in the Sydney comedy scene. Uh, but uh, stick around for that. Otherwise, go through some Daily Mail headlines, talk about Hannah Gadsby. You know what male-hosted podcasts are like. Um, hey, if you're listening to this, i got to assume you have an investment in me and my career. And that's why I'm here to tell you that the Sydney Comedy Festival show, Problematic, featuring Tom Whitcomb, is Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, this week, the 18th, 20th, and 21st of May. And uh, I would absolutely love to see you there. Specifically, Thursday and Saturday night, I am filming to release to the world. I would love to have as many people in the room as possible. If you can't afford tickets, let me know. I'll, I'll throw you a comp. That's fine. Just trying to get bums and seats and people in the room. So please come and see your show. Uh, and uh, yeah, would love to see you there. In any case, enjoy the app. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. Tom Whitcomb here, talking as promised. It's exactly what it says on the tin. I'm here. I'm talking. Maybe you're showing respect. It'd be the first bit of respect I've gotten this week, I'll tell you that, because there has been some controversy in the SSRTWIT universe over the last few days. And if you don't know about it, I don't know where you've been. You must have been living under a rock. I've been scanning Daily Mail headlines all day. I can't see a single mention of it, and I'm baffled. I can't believe... What else could there possibly be to talk about? Who could possibly... Who could even start to get invested in the Eurovision Song Contest when somebody is on the internet saying things about me? I don't know about you guys. That's all I've been thinking about for the last 72 hours. We'll get into that in a little bit. Also, some more... I have been the heart of so much controversy. Two... Two, count them, two, not one, but two, a double, a couple of middle-aged, you know, in 2017 I'd have said women, but I, I'm, I'm not willing to make that call in 2023. Uh, people, I, big she-they energy from these people I'm about to refer to, really getting stuck into my, uh, my ads on Facebook, uh, causing a bit of drama, me on the internet again, calling into question whether professional female sprinters can run as fast as professional male sprinters. You'd think the data would speak for itself, wouldn't you? You would really think just basically doing a a, a slight flourish on basically discussing world records at the Olympics, really provable documented data, you'd think that would be fair enough. Not misogyny, apparently. Nothing but misogyny from women with either blue hair or very little hair. Don't worry, it's not a cancer thing. She just uh, lo- loves a close shave. Hey, me too. Don't get me wrong. I had I, I shaved the sides of my head uh, recently. It's a great feeling. That shouldn't be limited to one gender. It does, however, at least hint towards some political leanings, doesn't it? When you see someone named Ruth with a number one on the back and sides. You, you, you can make some assumptions about Ruth. They might not be true, but there's probably, probably not entirely false either. You know what I mean? I think you could probably guess about uh, the, the handful of protests she's been to. And then what else is there to talk about? I, I mean, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, getting, 
I'm getting uh, a lot of ads for the Hannah Gadsby Netflix show, which is interesting. I want to talk about that for a little bit. Um, I have a series of open tabs of Daily Mail articles. And, um, I mean, that's the big, the big part of it really, isn't it? But more importantly is the controversy that this podcast has been at the centre of. You should, the numbers on the podcast skyrocketing as people have gone hunting for controversial comments coming from yours truly. What did you expect, guys? What did you bloody expect? You, ever, you, you, you heard me. You've seen the way I carry myself. I say whatever's on my mind, and I deal with the consequences later. Sorry if that doesn't comply with your woke universe, libtards, okay? I'm not... <laughs> this is fucking hell. Some people, seriously. It's such a... It is such a, a, a very difficult part to navigate of the 21st century as someone who is trying to uh, make a living as a quote-unquote personality. Is that what I'm doing? Is that what I'm trying to do? Tom Whitcomb, professional personality. God damn, doesn't that make you just want to go down to the rope store and and, uh, and, and buy yourself a one-way ticket out of here? Professional personality. My God, is that what I'm doing? That is what I'm doing. Stand-up comedian is part of it, but what is this? What is these? These are the tabs that are open on my on my page right now. I have, um, I'm an OnlyFans star, and my parents disowned me for my career, but I'd rather make over one hundred fifty thousand dollars a month than see my family. I have uh, jo- inside Jocks on Vrio's star-studded funeral. I have frustrated boomer claims everything about life in Australia was better in the eighties and asks what went wrong, but not everyone agrees. And I have uh, what's this one? Uh, Robert De Niro. At age 79, announces the name of his newborn daughter. These these are the things that I am taking in voluntarily. These are the information sources I am letting into my life. In, in, the, in the misguided attempt to entertain you poor souls. And I don't know if it's good for anybody. I don't... I, I literally... I scrolled through the Daily Mail website for all of about three minutes. I felt myself get 30% less happy... And dare I say, if you're logging into the Daily Mail website, you don't have a lot of happiness to spare. If you are routinely turning to the Daily Mail Australia for your daily dose of news and current events, I think you need to take care of your mental health more than any liberal arts student reading The Guardian. I think it's so important that you be careful because you must be teetering on an edge. I'm getting an ad for the Channel 9s of the summit right now. You know when you watch, you just see certain things existing in the world and you're like, this is for somebody. There is clearly money behind this. There, there is some revenue. Who, who is keeping the Daily Mail and Channel 9's new hit reality show, The Summit, afloat? Oh, it's a, it's a bleak world we're living through, guys, and we've got to get through it one day at a time. Um, I did see, I was in a, I was in a, uh, I was in a gig in Surrey Hills recently and um, I was standing at the urinal and uh, looking at the, uh, the the graffiti in the bathroom on the wall in front of it, and there was someone who had written in a sharpie, uh, "Mental health is okay." That was the graffiti. That was the the message they felt they wanted the world to know. Um, in amongst a lot of call this number for a good time, uh, Jerry is gay. Your classics, your standard classics. Even in Surrey Hills, those still float. Um, but in amongst the mental health is okay. I mean, way to take a fucking stand on that one, don't you think? It's about time the world knew mental health is okay. It's amazing that for a four-word sentence uh, that... Mental health is okay. That's four. That's four. I got it right the first time. 
if if I was if I was more committed, I would go back and I would edit out me doing the mental arithmetic of like, did I count four correctly? No, you did. You nailed it, Tom. Episode twenty seven, you would have gotten that wrong. Episode twenty seven of this podcast, you might have gone in a five word set. Wait, a four four word four word sentence. But this is this is the level of professionalism I've adapted over the last sixty something episodes of this podcast. Mental health is okay for four words in a sentence. Very confusing. Mental health is okay. Now, because you'd think really, and I wonder if this is what they meant, mental illness is okay? Like it's okay to be mentally ill? And I think that is partially true in 2023, so long as by mental illness. I think the the bar for mental illness is very low now, isn't it? Because now the bar for mental illness is feeling uh, awkward occasionally. Um, Even like... We were talking. I was talking to someone the other day about how the the bar for OCD is so low, where it used to be about having to turn a light switch on and off seven times, otherwise you, the whole world would would collapse. And now it's like, well, I don't like it when there are spoons in the knife drawer. Um, mental health is okay as long as you're talking about your real entry level, your real entry level mental health conditions, your anxieties, your depressions, and even then your like mild depressions. I think. Um, you, before you start getting into real suicidal tendencies, I think that's that's definitely okay. And I think much deeper than that, we get uncomfortable real quickly. As soon as we start getting into the world of schizophrenia, we're like, oh, I don't know if that is okay. I think you need to live on the street now. <laughs> it's such a it's such a truth of like in this world of hey, it's about time we recognize mental health. It's okay if you're struggling. If you're struggling, let somebody know. Unless you're struggling with multiple personalities, in which case I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't know what to do with that. If if you if you're re, if you're if you're seeing things that aren't there, uh, don't reach out to a friend. Reach out to a, a registered professional uh, and nobody else, because none of us, none of us have the capacity to deal with that. Um, and uh, but I, mental health is okay because okay, mental health is okay. It is. It's true. Mental wellness, mental illness, mental talking about mental health is okay. They needed a few more words in here. I think. Don't get me wrong. I get it. You you, you don't you don't have to tell me that uh, brevity is the soul of wit. I understand. But sometimes more is more. Sometimes it just needs another word. Um, hey, if you happen to be at Surly's Tavern in Surrey Hills with a, with a Sharpie recently and felt the need to share with the world that mental health is okay, call into the pod. Let me know what you meant by that. I'm, I'm baffled. Um, oh, what else? I, look, I, I feel like I really do want to get into this kind of, this podcast controversy thing, by the way. Oh, and if you haven't caught on by now um, and you don't get the genuine, general gist of this podcast, um, it's not interesting. I just want to make that very clear when you go, well, what's the controversy? Is that, Was the news involved? No. You know what was involved? Um, someone's in, Two people's Instagram stories are both referring to me without making it particularly direct. That's, that's what this is. This is Storm in a Teacup um, from a, from, in, in the Sydney comedy community. Um, but you better believe it felt like a goddamn natural disaster while I was experiencing it. Um. Oh god! Uh, sometimes I think you hear people talk about the struggles they've had with being trolled online, and I think there is just this. I think it's kind of an innate human thing. When you hear someone talk about, "Oh, it was awful. I posted a video online, and everyone was really mean to me, and there were thousands of comments." A friend, this happened to a friend of mine recently, and I, ha- I have to be honest. Like, I, I don't mean I, I, I am saying this knowing I'm wrong. 
Um, my first instinct is like, oh, it's just, they're just comments. It's just idiots online. Who cares? The minute I am subject to a single one, I'm like, I'm going to take the week off work, I think. I'm just going to go to my room and shut the curtains and have a big lie down for six days, wait for this storm to blow over. I think I've told this about this on the podcast before. I remember, some of you might remember if you've been following me for a long time, during COVID lockdowns, I did this thing called Lockdown News, which was basically just um, punchlines about news articles and news headlines. And uh, what was the story about? It was something about... Mm, it was something about Arab women. I don't remember what it was. And I said something. And obviously, all of them are kind of like edgy. So I think people are getting their shits about it anyway and looking for a reason to jump down my throat. And I used the term Arabic women. And people got really... Not mad at me, but just smelled a hint of weakness. You, you know? It's, and don't get me wrong. I've been there. You don't think I hear someone say a word wrong or spell it incorrectly and just be like, oh, they are going to pay for this. That was pretty much 2008 through 2014 for me. Loved the Facebook argument. Loved it. Jumped down anyone's throats the minute I can. Now, I, I truly don't feel the need to do it unless people are commenting on my Facebook ads, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I, I said this thing about Arabic women. Now, as it turns out, that is, an in, that is grammatically incorrect. It is Arab. Arab. People are Arab. Arabic is the language. So you can't be an Arabic woman um, the way you can't be... I mean, does this even translate to anything? A sp Spanish? French? I'm trying to think of another... Latin? They all they all work. Maybe Arabic's the only one. Yet another reason why I'm a victim in all of this. <laughs> just so, And somebody made a video of like... First of all, I was just littered with comments of like, they're not Arabic, you insensitive asshole. They're Arabs. Which to me sounds way worse. Just the... I don't know if it's the connotation or the way that that word is usually used, but I'm like, am I allowed to call them Arabs? It's kind of the same as Jews. Like I'm, I, Jew seems totally grammatically correct. I think you know if you if you go in letter of the law, if you ask Chat GPT, Chat GPT would say, "Well, go for it." I don't understand. I, I'm not programmed to understand emotion or controversy. I'm fairly sure calling them a Jew is fine, but you say it, and something in your soul goes, "Oh no, I think, I think there was something in Schindler's List about this. I don't think this is okay. No, this is that's my Rosemary's choice. No, Rosemary's baby. What was the other one?" Sophie's choice. That's my Sophie's choice, to call them Jew or Jewish. That's the, that's the biggest thing I have to deal with out of the whole anti-Semitism thing. Isn't it weird how strong that's coming back? And if you're interested in that thought, come to my Sydney Comedy Festival show. I'm talking about it a lot. I talked about it in Parramatta. I did a gig in Parramatta last night. And sometimes you do think, you do certain shows where you just get a feeling. I don't think they're going to get on board with the offensive stuff. So I better have something up my pocket. And um, because I, con I I rotate my material a lot, I don't do the same jokes for very long. Um, I, I always try to do fresh stuff. And I have, I'm forced to kind of reflect on what, um, what jokes I, I do have at any given point. I had to do a 20-minute set last night. I'm like, I don't have 20 minutes of non... Like, even the stuff that is, in my mind, non-controversial... It's still like me talking about dogs getting put down and refugees. Like there's still, that those are two different things, by the way. Just to be very, very clear, I would never, I would never, I would never conflate those two. Um, and so there was this period last night where I just like went into my bit about Jewish people and I was like, this, 
from the first line, I'm like, well, this isn't going to fly, but God, I got I got to get through some time right now. So we're just all going to have to sit in this for a little while. Um, very, and then you, you kind of, it is, I've heard Louis C.K. talk about this. Sometimes you just get so comfortable with a bet that you kind of forget the fact that what you're saying is sort of fucked. And then you reflect, you're like, oh, yeah, that would be, yes, if you didn't know I was joking, that would be quite uncomfortable. Um, there's one line I've been saying for a long time now, like months of this being like my go-to line of this thing that I've always thought was very, very safe. And I had a moment this morning of like, hey, is that, is, is that, is that an awful thing to say? I mean, I could say that about a lot of my comedy, but this one in particular, I was like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is there a chance that all of those people were right the whole time? Is there a chance that maybe it wasn't okay? It's hard to tell. It's a, it's an absolute minefield out there. Well, hi there, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we have a very exciting announcement that shows some respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking this week. This week, we have a sponsor. Can you believe it? Is it a real sponsor? Kind of. I mean, they're a real they're a real company. Is this a real sponsorship? I mean, how many sponsorships do you know uh, exchange on the basis of promising to buy tickets to your comedy show? Is this desperate? Does this undermine my credibility and authority as a comedian? Let's find out. This week's sponsor are Telemon Lawyers. Hey, do you have an old person in your life who has money that you'd like to get and you're worried they might not give it to you in their will? Well, it sounds like you need to get in touch with Telemon Lawyers. From the five minutes I've spent perusing their website, it sounds like Telemon Lawyers will make sure that you get what you want from the person who's about to die. Listen to this quote from their website. While a testator, that is a person who is writing a will, is entitled to bequest his or her assets to whomsoever they wish, they should do so with proper advice about the legal consequences of a particular form of will. And I can only presume if the website had the capability, there would be several wink emojis at the end of that. So if you want to make sure you get what you deserve from the old people in your life about to leave this world, get in touch with Telemon Lawyers. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm seeking legal representation, I always look for a firm run by two middle-aged white guys and three suspiciously young female paralegals. Telemon Lawyers, where there's a will, there's a way. Been watching, uh, been watching some Netflix recently, as you do. I'm, ru- I'm rapidly running out of things to enjoy on uh, the television at the moment. As soon as Succession's done, I'm, I mean, I'm going to have to find a reason to not start reading um, because you only need half a reason, really, to not read. I go through periods of it, and I'm at the moment, I'm like, ah, I, I, I'm back thinking it's for nerds again. I'm uh, that when I'm reading, I'm like, well, reading is for intelligent people, and then when I'm not reading, I'm like, well, reading's for losers. What you don't own a TV, you nerd. And um, as soon as Succession's over, I'm gonna have to find something else. I've been kind of rewatching some stuff and rewatching BoJack Horseman. Big fan, big fan of BoJack Horseman. One of the one of the great animated shows of the 2000s. I'll say it. Um, but Netflix has been recommending me top of my algorithm on Netflix. And I don't know if this is because my, my partner and I share a, uh, I don't know if my, this is because my partner and I share an account. My number one recommendation on Netflix the last few days has been Hannah Gadsby. And, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't know. It's almost reassuring. It's almost a, a, a real load off my mind to know that in 2023, the algorithm can still get it this wrong. Because there is no way. 
I mean, the only I'm I'm in a weird place because I watched I watched the net because it was a you know it was a genuine cultural moment, and I think for what it was, it was very good. I think it was a very very good one woman show. It was very moving. Um, I didn't find it very funny. And that was my, I used to say that for a long time. And like, I just don't think Hannah Gadsby, even when she, I get the point in the net was not to be funny. I don't think she's funny when she's trying to be funny. And now I've seen some clips from this last one and I'm like, oh, fuck, she's good at this. Damn it. Damn it. This whole time I was getting on board with being like, no, Dave Chappelle was right. She's not. And now I'm watching some stuff. I'm like, ah, fuck. You're telling me she's been doing comedy for 22 years and she's good at it? I can't believe this. But in saying that, I have no interest in, in watching the latest Hannah Gadsby thing because it does not behoove me to add a, an interest, a fandom for Hannah Gadsby to my, uh, my public persona. It does nothing for my image. If I'm going to become a professional personality, that cannot be a part of it. It's not monetizable for someone of my age, gender, and race to get on board with Hannah Gadsby at this stage. That's not a good sign. The only reason, you know, if anyone got really into Hannah Gadsby as a 30-year-old white man... They are trying to get ahead of some accusations that are coming. That was my experience. That any, uh, I mean, you can talk to any comedian about this. Ask any comedian about a straight white man comedian who is particularly vocal about uh, women's rights or sexual assault. There are some questions to be answered. <laughs> there, there is at least two stories with very different sides in that person's backstory. I guarantee you there is not a doubt in my mind um but uh the hannah gadsby thing i'm like look every time i see anything from hannah gadsby she spends a lot of it bashing men and hey as someone who is the on the other side of that coin you're not going to hear me complaining about it if anything it sets a very good precedent for me for be like hey it's it's so it is so funny that it's like Oh no! You can say you. Yeah, I, I was at a I was at a thing recently, work related, where they were talking about men being drowning victims because men are more likely to look at a rough wave or look at a very rough uh, sea uh, ocean condition and go, ah, I reckon I can deal with that. Yeah, no, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll take the risk. Thank you very much. Uh, no lifeguards on patrol. That's a relief because hopefully that means all the beginners won't be out there and I won't have to save them myself. And then they go out there and they die. And um, and there was like a conversation in a work environment in 2023 of people going, men drown because they're idiots. Oh, we're not the brightest bunch, are we, with our young deaths? <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah, that's a good time. Let's have a big chuckle about this, shall we? Um, and yet, and yet, I put hundreds of dollars behind a Facebook ad pointing out that Usain Bolt is faster than any woman who's ever lived. And people go, oh my, seriously, in 2020, can you believe, can you believe there is a man out there doubting that women's athletics is exactly the same, if not better than men's athletics? I don't understand where he gets off. Oh, this is the, anyway, I'm not going to go down this road. Um, Big shout out to Ruth, whatever your last name is. And who's the other one? Emma, I'm not going to dox you. I'm not going to do it, but I will say um, you do seem like humorless women or people who are re- just who who feels the need who feels the need to scroll through something on Instagram or Facebook and be like I don't like this 
and I can't go another second without at least one person knowing that I don't like it. I need the person who made this thing to know directly this is not for me. It's like walking past a fish and chip shop and being allergic to seafood and taking the time to duck in and go, excuse me, who's cooking this? Who's cooking the fish? Yes, I, I don't like it. And going on with the rest of your day. And making yourself making your way to the local Chinese restaurant where they serve fish whole and just let them know. <sighs> it is such it is so emotionally taxing, this non-job. <laughs> this is I mean, seriously, I do often call this like a very expensive hobby. It's not really expensive. It can be if you go to comedy festivals and don't sell enough tickets. But um you do compare it. I'm looking at my guitars right now, and I'm like, that wasn't a cheap hobby. But I never lost sleep over it. I never got attacked on social media because of it. Um, all right, let's. Okay, so I'll go. What, do I have anything else to talk about this? I have these Daily Mail articles open because I do think they are genuinely funny. One of the Daily Mail articles was about a trans woman working at a Starbucks starting yelling at an old woman calling her a Karen. And I do think I've said this on the podcast before. It is so nice um, for us straight white men to just slowly ease our way out the back door of these discussions. As soon as, I mean, the friendly fire amongst, like, the whole turf thing, that's been great for us. Just a little bit of a reprieve. Just just having a little bit of time to, to get our breath back before we go back to being the villains again. Um, this, is the, this is the title. A screaming match at a Starbucks in England has added heat to the transgender debate. <laughs> Hasn't it? Did you feel the heat being added to the transgender debate? Were you walking past two academics shouting at each other in the street, being like, this feels especially fiery today. Something must have happened at a Starbucks in Southampton. (laughs) It's literally one woman, one trans woman yelling at a 50-year-old white woman, calling her a Karen and trying to kick her out of a Starbucks, while the Karen yells back saying, I'm not transphobic, but I am going to call the police. And it's like, you guys, I mean, seriously, it's like, it's 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 like a caricature of what these people are. It's like, all right, I need you to be. I need you both to act like what twenty-one year olds on the internet think you are. Um, all right, cool. All right, we're gonna get a trans woman who's going to be yelling and trying to cancel a fifty-six-year-old woman who's going to call the police over it. Yes, this is on brand. This is on brand all round. Meanwhile, a man on the sideline with his phone filming the whole thing, doing God's work. Uh, so I have an extra two minutes that I can kill on my podcast. Um, is, is, it, is, it, is, is it maybe time to stop talking about gender for a little while, do you think? Hey, do you think we've gotten to the point? How much, how much more time do we have to discuss this before we realize there are no answers and it's just making us all very uncomfortable? Is it time to move on? Is it time to just build a third bathroom and go on with our lives? Um... I don't think so. Not according to the Daily Mail. And that's the only one I'm interested in. The only other headline that I do love is the description of Jock Zonfrio's star-studded funeral. <laughs> oh, man, I hope I have a star-studded funeral. I hope so. I hope people are coming down. I hope people are making their way into the chapel about to see my face for the last time with paparazzi outside going, who are you wearing? <laughs> oh... I do like this, as his wife delivers an emotional speech to the packed crowd. Oh, it's sold out. Good for him. Good for, Could not get a ticket to Jocks on Frio's star-studded funeral. Unless you knew someone. Unless you knew someone who could uh, get you on the door. Crazy times. 
I mean, Robert De Niro had a daughter when he's 79. Very impressive. Very impressive and unnecessary. Apparently, this daughter is... the She's going to be 50 years younger than his next youngest child. Which means Robert De Niro had a child when he was 29... And to be had his fourth child when he was 29, and then his fifth child when he was 79. What happened? What during that half century did Robert De Niro say, you know what, I'm not done being a parent just yet. I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna be a modern parent for the last four years I have to live. Um as he confirms Tiffany Chen is the mother. Oh. I bet Robert De Niro will have a star-studded funeral. <laughs> Robert De Niro is going to have a star-studded funeral and all those stars are going to be really frustrated about the crying baby in the corner. Like, what was he thinking? 79? Now, I think we can all agree, uh, biologically, very impressive. Oh, I said I wasn't going to go through all the Daily Mail now I am. I know, uh, last one, last one that I do like. Australian OnlyFans star. My parents disowned me for my career, but I'd rather make over $150,000 a month than see my family. What's happened here is a woman named Michaela Tester, who was Australia's most successful OnlyFans star. It's pretty bizarre. Like, you see... Sometimes you see these women who are making, like, crazy money on OnlyFans. She's making $162,000 a month. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, yes, she does look like an OnlyFans star, there's no doubting that. What could she possibly be doing to be that be, to be in the 1% of 1% of OnlyFans stars? I just what 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 could how good could the content be? And now she's doing an Instagram uh, ask me a question, which had a lot a lot of questions. A lot of questions on her Instagram story. What what questions do you really need answered? from Australia's most successful OnlyFans star. And let alone, mind you, this is and, and the, the foundation of a Daily Mail article. Who was like, hey, Australia's, great, Australia's richest OnlyFans star, how is your relationship with your parents? I mean, you think you could, you could take a wild guess, don't you reckon? Also, I've just realised that this has come out on Mother's Day, and uh, I really think the Daily Mail haven't made the most of that whatsoever, which is a shame. It's a shame to see them miss such a huge opportunity that easily, that quickly. It's a real shame. Okay, I'm uh, I'm on low battery on my on my computer now, and uh, and uh, I, I I don't uh, I don't want to start this thing again. So uh, where are we? I think I can do this. It's not even a good story. Is <laughs> Jesus Christ? That's that's the level of my podcasting ability. Hey, uh, I'm going to close on this. Oh, by the way, it's not even a good story. It's just it's just it's just more of me talking. This is so. In episode, what has happened is an episode of this podcast has stirred up some controversy. I said some things about a fellow comedian in Sydney, in uh, in one of my podcasts, and it has uh, it has caused a bit of a blow up. And that is what happened on episode fifty nine of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. Check it out. I mean, what a great app. What a what a what a fiery app. I couldn't believe it was. Um, I I don't really listen back to these podcasts a lot. I don't know if that comes across. Uh, it's a weird thing. I used to be okay with listening to the sound of my own voice on like uh, audio recordings and things, and I have kind of, 
I, I've really come to hate it. And so I, I don't I don't tend to listen back a lot. And, and when I saw that I'd said something that upset one of my listeners, um, not even one of my there's no way she's a listener, by the way. This is this is the thing I want to get to the bottom of. Um, when I saw that I it had caused some controversy, I, I knew basically the person who I had talked about on the podcast, which I did anonymously, by the way, I never named them. I hope I've remained gender neutral throughout this. Um, I never named them. And uh, and in, I, I couldn't really remember whether or... I don't think... I, did, I was pretty sure I hadn't named them. And um, I was like, I don't think I said anything that controversial, really. And then I went back and listened to it. And I hadn't. It was fine. Go back and listen to 59. Because it's now become my most streamed episode of the podcast in a long time. Because all of the fucking amateur comedians in Sydney, the ones who either are my friends... And they're good uh, because they are also like, what could Tom have said to have brought up this level of vitriol against him? Um, but I think it's a lot more of you fucking amateur comedians who are never going to make it, who are never going to make it, who are too busy getting wrapped up in the gossip from a fucking podcast, uh, you know, because they have a lot of time to spend um, when they are not writing jokes. All right. That's what they're doing. Comedians in Sydney who have all the time in the world because they can't put anything in a fucking notebook um, going out and checking what I had to say about this anonymous person for 42 seconds on a half-hour podcast and then pretend, despite being comedians allegedly, that everything that has ever been said on a podcast is said with 100% sincerity and not a single even iota of irony and sarcasm. Such is their ability to read tone and convey humour. Now, was it the funniest thing in the world? I really doubt it, given the download numbers originally. If it was the funniest thing in the world, I think it would have done a little better. (coughs) Anyway... Here's my biggest concern of the whole thing is somewhere on this podcast, all right, somewhere on this podcast before the listenership fucking doubled because someone has spread the word of this thing, someone has gone and dobbed me in. We have a rat in our midst, folks, and I don't know who it is. Here I was thinking this was a safe space for me to say awful things out of context and face no repercussions, and in fact, someone is checking me and making sure that if I do say something potentially harmful or hurtful to someone, they are letting them know. You know damn well I am going out of my way to do this behind their back. Why would you betray me? Why would you bring it to their attention? They didn't need to know. So if you are the rat, and I bet you're listening now, and I bet you're stuck around, there's a reason I did this last, because I was hoping you would wait, and you'd think, oh, at the end he's going to say something horrible about the other comedian who got involved and post a thing on their story, and you don't think, you don't think it's been on my mind all week, the horrible things I want to say about them? You don't think I have several punchlines in my pocket about who that person is and what I think about them? just to stir the pot. You don't think I want to do that? You don't think I know exactly what I would do? You don't think I'm still considering it right now? You don't think on the t- on the tip of my tongue is what I want to say about them? Of course it is, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I've learned my lesson. I'm not leaning in. I'm not making this personal. I'm not doing it. What I will say is this. For the people who are on the other side of this, who have made this personal, 
who have brought me and my comedic ability into this. There will be a day where we are on a bill together, when we share the stage, and it might not be the next time or the time after that, or the time after that. Maybe it'll be years from now, but there will be a time we are on the same lineup and you do real bad and I do real good. And you better believe I'm going to make eye contact with you for the first time since now. I'm not making eye contact until this happens. And I'm going to look at you, and you're going to know you did bad. And I'm going to say, good job. I'm going to, I'm going to look at you in your, in your face. We're going to make eye contact. We're going, to, we're going to bond for the first time since you dragged me into all of this. And I'm going to say, hey, nice one up there. And don't get me wrong, there's a good chance that the next few gigs we do together, you do better than me. And, uh, and I do quite poorly because I'm going to get too in my head about it, about how important it is for me to outdo you. And then you just kind of attack it like a professional and do quite well. Because I have seen them do quite well and I don't actually think they're that bad at this. Um, and, you know, I can, I can bomb. bomb. Bombing happens to me. Uh, but in those situations, I'm going to avoid eye contact and just leave as quickly as I can. But when, it when the time comes that you have an off night, for whatever reason that might be. Oh, you better believe I'm going to look at you. I'm going to look at you, right? I'm going to look at you. And you're going to look at me. And I'm going to make sure I'm going to make sure this happens. I'm going to block the exit to make sure. And I'm going to look at him and go, hey, good stuff up there. That was great. And it'll all be worthwhile. Um, I hope you listen to this. I hope you're listening. Let me know if you are. I, I would love to. Um, and uh, if the rat is listening, I bet you... DMing them right now, aren't you? I bet you are. I bet you. Th I bet you DMing them and say, "Hey, name." I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to drag you into this. You can say, "Hey, name." Guess who Tom spends the last four minutes of his podcast vaguely referring to? Is it you? And you'll know. And you better believe I've spent a lot of time in the last four minutes making sure I didn't say any inf anything inflammatory. In fact, if anything, I've been I've been vaguely complimentary because that's the kind of guy I am. I am playing the 3D chess of pettiness right now. That's how it works. That's how it works. But I think the big takeaway from this is I'm not emotionally engaged with it at all and everything's fine. <laughs> I hate this so much. I hate getting dragged into this stuff. I am petty. I am very petty. How is it that this person has made an Instagram story and suddenly I feel more committed to this career I thought was my passion? Is this all it takes Someone has a throwaway temporary social media post and suddenly my commitment to my craft has gone up 50%. That's not good. But uh, hey, well, actually, that's a good point. If, uh, if, you're, if you're invested in the success of my career, do me a favor, slight me online. That would be great. It's the best way for me to guarantee success. If you could just take a bit of a pot shot at me, uh, deserved or, or otherwise, that would really help me uh, in my quest for greatness. And speaking of the quest for greatness, um, another fantastic podcast in the books. I think we can all agree. I've been doing them standing up recently. Can you tell? It feels good. Looks like I'm a part of this. Oh, thanks for listening. Hey, if you're already listening uh, to this comedy festival shows uh, this week, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, tickets are not going as well as I'd like, but they never do. Because as soon as they are going as well as I'd like, what I'd like is more. So... Get some tickets, come along to a show. If not, I'll chat to you next week on Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb's talking.